1: tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber Skincare.
0: have you ever experienced a dry itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised well unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry irritated skin and that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in.
1: Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome, Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game
0: of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. The the game of of roses.
1: roses. Um, and we'll start with you, Trista. Obviously, you have remain with your your person and that gives me so much inspiration and hope um so with that what would be your advice for just like you know like making it you know work in a long-lasting like healthy marriage you know i will say that we're not perfect like everybody but um forgiveness welcome to game of roses this is pace case
0: this is bachelor clues how you doing pace case (laughs)
1: Clues, I'm doing great. I effing loved this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Be your authentic self.
1: We couldn't stop doing the podcast before we were recording again, but I loved it. I'm so excited to talk about it with
0: you. Yeah, I I can't believe what we saw tonight on a variety of levels. It was, in my opinion, the best tell-all I have ever seen in my lifetime. And not just because of what happened in the first two frames of the show, which we will get into, of course. Uh, Astute viewers (laughs) might have seen a sign in the audience uh, that was interesting. We will get into that. But uh, Mm -hmm. I just want to congratulate you. Because when we first started this podcast, one of our goals was to do a show that would, in the same way ESPN or Sports Center became not only commentary on the sports they were talking about, but became kind of a part of the sports as well, a part of the mm-hmm. fucking culture of it. And I feel like that was one of our early goals with this, is that we saw this game in a way that we weren't sure if anybody else did. And then we started doing the podcast, and indeed, a lot of other people see it that way as well. And now to finally be on screen recognized by the game itself is to me uh, a step forward. We've, we've hit a goal here that we set out to do three years ago. Clues. Yeah.
1: We're in the document. I know. And not the way I was in it before.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, this was a producer (laughs) choice uh, to put us in the document. So we can't thank the producers enough, but we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that.
1: I mean, we've seen so many things coming out of like the publication of how to win the bachelor and like ways that the game in our minds, has changed since we've been doing this. But now to see it actually on screen was just yes, wild. It was amazing. It was, yeah. We'll get to it. We'll,
0: we'll talk specifically about what we're talking about in one moment. But Pace Case first, do you want to talk about HBO Max?
1: Yes. We have a piece of business, Pace Case business, HBO Max. We have picked our new shows for next season. So we are doing season one of Jerry Duty as our first oh, show. Oh,
0: that show's fucking great.
1: I've only seen maybe one or two episodes, so I can't wait to get into it. Catherine really doesn't like cringe content, so I'm a little bit worried. Oh, but That's going to be
0: tough for her. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one then. That's the whole show.
1: <laughs> I was like, have you watched um, what's it called? Nathan for You? And she was like, I couldn't. And I was like, okay, well, We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But we're also going to do Silo. Okay, cool. So jury Duty's on freebie and we're doing Silo as our Patreon episode. Nice. Which is a show I've become obsessed with.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, I highly recommend at least reading Silo. I haven't seen the show, but I read the books and I did like them quite a bit.
1: I watched this season and then I went and listened to all three audiobooks in a row. Like i was just so into it it's kind of a dystopian thriller kind of a little bit in the vein of uh the one where they do theater in the dystopia
0: oh station 11
1: <laughs> station 11 yeah i feel like it's a little bit in that vein um but yes that is my pace case business go to hblx pod on uh, Instagram and HBO Lax in wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: And I have no Bachelor Clues business other than the business we are about to do right now.
1: Well, what about an update on how you're getting in the best shape of your life?
0: I mean, yeah, I am, period.
1: I feel like... That's some Bachelor Clues business. (laughs) Is
0: it? General upkeep as I'm aging? Um, That's some golden Bachelor Clues business. Um, No, we are now going to do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. This is it. This is Season 20, Bachelorette, Episode 8, Mentel All. We get our little intro. Welcome to a very special edition of The Bachelorette. Jesse Palmer, we see this uh promo cut down. He's wearing earrings as Braden's in the hot seat, so we already know some crazy shit's gonna be popping off. All your favorite men from charity season are back. The crowd is shocked. Braden is two sided. Oh, he's being real. Braden didn't care about anyone else. Xavier still has feelings for charity. Xavier walks off the stage. They made that seem like he was storming off in anger. We found out later it was not. Uh we see a council of crowns. This is that legacy that legacy. we have been dreaming of that we have been begging for for at least 2 years now finally we're getting it uh and we see of course Golden Bachelor Gary Turner intro
1: they say it's for the 20th bachelorette season but this must stay this feeling of legacy like yes i love it it was the other reason i'm so excited about this episode is it just felt like pristine it felt professional it felt like respect for the game so much nostalgia yes
0: we'll get to it we'll get to it when we get to it
1: (laughs) sorry we're still in the promo
0: yes so portion (laughs) one begins live in the studio audience now uh strangely this was a surprise to me i thought we were going to get the conclusion of last week's fantasy suites we do not get that and by the way, I didn't miss it. There was enough material in this tell-all that it never felt like it was dragging to me, and it felt like everything they were doing was fucking worth me watching it. Sometimes in tell-alls, you get these long, boring periods where it's like, oh, Jesus, why are they still doing this? Couldn't you have done anything else? I never felt that way during this tell-all. So, DLP walks out. Everybody cheers. And we start to see a little, a few signs. We always see this, some people in the crowd holding up signs. We see a sign that says, Brayden, trade earrings with me. And then the next shot we see. This is the next sign we see. And it's very big. Uh, It's right in the shot. You see multiple people looking at this sign.
1: Second sign in the document.
0: Second sign. Almost like second flower. It is a literal demonic sign of Dark Lord Palmer. There is flame at the bottom of the image. His eyes are red, just like a meme that I might make from time to time. And it says on the sign... Three letters, DLP. There is no mistaking, this is a direct reference to what we call him, Dark Lord Palmer, DLP, a direct reference to the tone and style of the memes I have made over the years of all the Dark Lords being uh, demonic, soul-sucking, satanic figures who dine on the death and misery of all the players in our beloved game.
1: And we say praise be Dark Lord Palmer at the end of every episode Except a couple of special ones.
0: We cannot thank whoever was responsible for putting this sign in the document enough. We know it took a uh, at least two people. There was the sign maker and the sign holder. We don't know if they were working in concert or not.
1: We know that those are different people?
0: No, it, we don't know that those are different people. Maybe they're the same person. But if they were different people, thank you to the sign maker. <laughs>
1: I thought they might be one and the same. Mm. And this lady holding up this sign. It's covered in flames. Her shirt is a brilliant magenta. She is a shining gem, as you must stress in this audience. And she is giving the biggest smile in the world. And this is why this lady was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week, 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 week,
0: week. Ooh, nice.
1: I mean, my favorite moment of the episode, obviously. This is my
0: favorite moment in Bachelor history.
1: And she did it. She did it justice.
0: Obviously, this is a biased opinion, but again. I have personally <laughs> never been as satisfied in in watching We've
1: never had biased opinions.
0: The bachelor than I was in this moment because it all the things we set up top it meant that we are influencing the game in exactly the way that we wanted to do when we first started out doing this that we're being in some way absorbed into it it also means mm-hmm. whether this this person made the sign or whether someone else made the sign and gave it to them to hold aloft someone made the decision to put this in the edit That Mm -hmm. was definitely a producer, 100%. So it definitely means that we are now at least being accepted. The, The fandom, which I believe we represent, like a deep fandom of this game, is being accepted by the show as integral to the game. And all throughout tonight's episode, that is what I felt. I didn't feel contempt from the producers for any of the players or for the fourth audience. And indeed, we'll get to another part.
1: They highlight the super fans.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: They put stuff in just for the super fans. When have they done like
0: they never anything? do that? They ignore the super fans, generally speaking. Uh mm-hmm. or or demean them in, in or, ways.
1: Or just post their racist comments.
0: <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> uh luckily tonight that didn't happen. But this to me, it really was like a moment like um Speaking of other podcasts, like you're talking about HBLX on Dudesy, uh, this other podcast I do with a friend of mine, Will Sasso, we've started to see things where people who listen to that podcast and like our YouTube channel and stuff will go to pro wrestling events, WWE events, and hold up signs in those crowds of stuff from our show. And every once in a while, they pop in. You see them in the the WWE broadcasts. This felt very much like that.
1: You're infiltrating the WWE. Yeah, the WWE and the MTA all at the same time. <laughs> no, it's true. Two huge, uh, two iconic uh, gatherings. No,
0: but I mean, this just felt like this is different because the in the WWE, like the producers aren't sitting there like get a shot of that sign. It's just people like in the crowd, which is cool. But this is something a little different. It's elevated because a producer had to make this decision.
1: Yeah, this is a a crafted yeah crafted document
0: and it like i said it really to me it feels like the producers accept now that this podcast tier people like us and us specifically who are covering the show at a high high level of super deep fandom you know like obsessive you might call it they're acknowledging that that is a part of what uh makes this show successful it's a like our allegiance to the show as a collective fourth audience is why it still exists. And to to pay us some kind of, at least acknowledgement, I think is a smart thing to do in this show. And we, we'll go through the rest of this document. There's acknowledgement all throughout it.
1: Yeah, it there is, and it just, it feels tonally so different from the seasons that we've been used to the last few years. Yes. Which are just like a little bit, you, they just don't feel the same. <laughs>
0: Remember Heather Martin, Bachelor season 25. They invited her to the Women Tell All and then they fucking disappeared her in editing. But they were sloppy about it and you could see the back of her head in a few shots here and there. But she was there. They never introduced her and then they tried to make it seem as though she was not ever there. That is horrible. That's that's disrespecting a player who, by the way you forced to fucking live in a hotel room and spin pizza boxes on her head to get screen time and then you just fucking dismiss her from the record?
1: Pizza is the first thing I always thought of. God. Anyway. She should be back. Why isn't she back?
0: Maybe she should be the next Bachelorette. Anyways.
1: There's a Heather Martin-esque player on Love Island USA this season.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, moving on. DLP then soft intros some of the players. Um, John, Sean, Adrian, Xavier, and Braden. Usually, at this point, you introduce them all. But here you give us a little taste. Here's your favorites. Here's some that you may remember. And we see for the first time in full view Braden's outfit. This is a man who came to fucking play. Black on black on black, except for a white tassel necklace that he has hanging around his neck. And by the way, the, the suit coat he's wearing is almost like a duster. It is long. This is like a Harry Potter style wizard look. Matrix. Uh, fucking beautifully done, dude. Everybody else sitting up there on that stage look great. You're in a suit. You've got a tie. You don't. You're wearing a t-shirt under the suit jacket.
1: You have a cowboy hat
0: on. Yeah, the cowboy. Caleb thought he was going to fucking steal the show with that outfit. Ha-ah. You've been upstaged. Uh-uh. He just cut out. Yeah. Uh, this, Braden's outfit choice to me was fucking perfect it's saying yeah i'm the villain i fully embrace it and i'm gonna look better than all of you doing it it's fucking great
1: what do you think about john b being in the second row
0: not good for uh his potential bachelor possibilities but i do think that they gave him way more screen time that he should have gotten for where he finished in the season so i think they might still be trying to play with that in some way and They've got a long time to announce The Bachelor. They're not going to shoot that season until probably the end of October, beginning of November. So we've got a few months still, and they're really obviously pumping up Gary Turner. That's where they're focusing most of their promotion right now.
1: hmm Yeah, I thought we were going to get a Paradise promo in this episode.
0: Well, we did. <laughs> <laughs> For one player. Okay, you see. That's <laughs> true. Uh,
1: that. <laughs> 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 In the soft open, DLP says great earrings, brother, to Brayden. And DLP, I mean, this line, I replayed it over and over again. Did you? Spill the tea. I am very thirsty.
0: And then he references it again that his cup overfloweth with tea uh, later on after his thirst for tea has been slaked. uh, At any rate... (laughs) Then DLP intros the rest of the guys. We get Spencer. This is finally the the full roster here Spencer, Adrian, Pete, aka P.P., John, James, Caleb B., John Henry, Michael, Aaron S., Braden, Xavier, Tanner, and Sean. 13 players. John gets the first speech play here. And this made me think maybe he is bachelor DLP throws to him always the same opening question in every tell all
1: yeah, dark Lord's choice.
0: And he says, what was it like seeing charity for the first time? And John gives us a very standard answer here. Exhilarating. Once he got out and he saw her, he forgot everything because she was just so beautiful. The the blackout scenario that can happen to the the player who's asked this question. We've we've seen this exact answer given multiple times. Spencer then gets a million dollar question. Do you regret asking charity to kick him in the nuts? He says he wanted to show vulnerability, so he was okay with it. And this is the only thing Spencer's gonna say for the entire mental all ball dropped here. Could have done a whole monologue about how he likes to be kicked in the nuts and what it really means to him. And his mom kicked him in the nuts when he was young or something. I don't know. I
1: thought he was going to get a demonstration here with someone else, but...
0: Anything. Could have brought a, a cup as a prop.
1: We get our first reel. This is what seems to be a drama reel, but really is just a villain reel for Brayden. We see people you know, talking shit. Someone's more interested in a hundred thousand followers. We see the tattles meet me in PB. Uh, We end with both Sean and Brayden doing these funny grins, almost my face plays. And DLP says, Sean, what do you have to say to that man? And Sean basically says like, you're manipulative and, uh brayden says you know you're you had doubt and he's like you doubted her brayden's like until i knew for sure i'm not gonna get to that point uh i don't feel like either of them really come out ahead in this one no
0: and but this is a common tactic in the tell to identify basically the biggest villain of the season or an early villain in the season identify them as a target the dark lord will do that and then it's open season once that target is identified He might or might not give one player like the first attack, but it's open season. Anybody can jump into gang Mm -hmm. attack here. And we start to see that Michael jumps in
1: or do a defense,
0: right? Or do a defense, which is rarer. And uh, you're definitely putting yourself out there on a limb if you do it, because you then open yourself to counterattack from any of the gang attackers. But here Michael jumps in as part of this gang attack asking, well, why did you come back then? to take other people's time if you knew you were going to go off the show. And of course, Braden can't say this, but the answer is, because the producers told me to come back in and I would be able to go to paradise. <laughs> That's the true answer. <laughs> but Braden <laughs> says he came back because he was in a heightened emotional state and he just wanted to apologize. John gen- then jumps into the gang attack saying timing's everything and you took a crucial moment uh, right before a rose ceremony when I was talking to her and Braden is like you want to make it like I stole your time for conversation but you were making out with her. I let you wipe her makeup off your face before I ever let my presence be known and this gets the first big laugh from the audience. This is a big win for Braden. in in this uh defense against John, in my opinion.
1: We also see Aaron S defend Braden. DLP then asks Adrian about his rivalry with Braden, and Adrian's like, you know, we knew there's gonna be a lot of kissing. Uh, and then DLP says, Yos, and you're not the only one upset about this. Yosef has a daughter at home. I was like, Am I hallucinating? <laughs>
0: No. If you are, so am I. And I'm okay with that. Can you and I share in this <laughs> this joint hallucination oh no. for the rest of our lives? What
1: kind of brain experiments, uh, portal openings are you doing?
0: This is, it's so uh, perfectly done by DLP here. And I know this is written by producers. I know that he's not off the cuffing this. This is a moment that is engineered, but it is perfectly done. It is perfectly engineered. No,
1: he has comedic timing.
0: He also has an earpiece. And the producers are like, and now. Um, But what it does is it shows us as an audience that they're on our side. We all know Yosef is kind of a shitty asshole villain that we can laugh at and make fun of. And they made fun of him multiple times throughout this season. Mm It is...
1: (sighs) They had Aaron S. do an ITM that said the same thing. It was different for me seeing it come from DLP. I was like... Oh, oh! This is like official.
0: Yeah, it was great. I fucking loved it. I fucking loved it. Then DOP says, "Braden, you were saying all along that you were being real and everyone else was fake." And uh, he comes in and he's like, "Well, their realness is just different than mine." And DOP won't let him off with that. He's like, "How so?" And then Braden <laughs> says, "Everybody puts on a facade, even the self censoring of cuss words on this very mental all." is evidence of that. And Adrian uh, then kind of jumps in. This
1: is age eight, right before that. Adrian had invoked Lucian Protocol and then accidentally said shit, which they bleep out.
0: And so uh, Braden uses this as evidence to say, we all are kind of like putting on facades or you all are. Adrian says, Braden was telling the guys one thing and then Charity another thing. And Braden says, Adrian falsely accused him of calling Charity classless. It escalates. But the first thing is, do we have tape or not? And this tape uh, kind of defense will come back later in the show. They don't have tape, or at least they didn't play it.
1: They put a title card that says a search was made for footage of Braden calling charity classless, and so far no footage has surfaced. I was like, what?
0: Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but they're playing into the narrative of this fight. They're making it a more important part of the show than it normally is. Usually what happens in these these kind of group fights in the beginning portion is it escalates into a screaming match and whoever the Dark Lord is is like, "Okay, settle down. We got to go to commercial and that's it. They kind of dismiss the players as being Uh, stupid or their argument being frivolous. Screaming
1: over each other, yeah.
0: It's kind of like an eye roll from the producers at whatever they're saying. Here, the -hmm. producers are saying, we're taking what they're saying seriously. We looked for the footage and we couldn't find it. Now, there's a little Mm tongue-in-cheek joke play here going on, but it's at least acknowledgement that what these players are saying is important. What they're presenting in the document is important. They have reverence for it. Mm -hmm. And I might add, when Braden goes to the fucking audience... And says, uh, does anybody out there remember me saying um, classlessness? Somebody says, yeah, a bunch of people nod. But this is a literal fucking fourth audience play in the goddamn game. You have fourth fucking audience members literally playing in the the fucking document.
1: It was like. It was like Gladiator. It was like, do you give a thumbs up or down? It was like, are you not entertained?
0: <laughs> fucking beautiful. Fucking beautiful. This was such a strong first portion. I really was like, how are they going to fucking keep this up? And God damn it, they did it. They fucking did do that. <laughs> Every portion! Better than the last. Portion 2. It's so good. We now get in Portion 2, DLP's asking Tanner, what what did you not like about Brayden? And Tanner gets this whole thing about, he got validation every week, he reminds us he got the FIMP, but he kept getting negative every week, and when he said he was packing his bags to get out of there...
1: Tanner must be in paradise, is what I gathered from this edit.
0: Yeah, I think definitely. Because they're going to have to fight. They were trying to trump up some kind of altercation between them. I feel like him and Tanner are going to get into it on sand, but... Braden basically says it wasn't about charity. It was about the experience. That's why he turned negative. Tanner says it was about charity. You were calling her fake. (laughs) And Braden is like, how are you supposed to form a connection with someone when other guys are talking about what you're saying behind your back? And then Xavier jumps in because you weren't smart about what you said. Xavier's saying this to him. It's like, motherfucker, I watched you go to fantasy suites and burn yourself alive by (laughs) unnecessarily admitting that you had cheated on someone. And then just fucking digging the hole deeper. Jared even later says you just kept digging the fucking hole. And this is the guy who's like, "You weren't smart about what you said, dude." Huh?
1: Huh? Yeah. Look, I'm his his game has tanked a, a little bit this season. Not, not gonna argue with you. Braden then says, "Yeah, I had to be manipulative, play a game," and then we see who is the guy who has the ascot.
0: I believe that was James.
1: James. He defends Braden. He says Braden's just honest and has cool ears. And Braden says, no guys told me there were problems. Tanner was my roommate and you're talking smack about me. And Tanner's like, well, you did talk yourself out of night one. Talk yourself out of Oceanside. He really goes in on him. And <laughs> Braden says, I never blew smoke up her ass. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> this is- Taylor uh, says you're taking attention. Uh, lots felt that way. Only my inter, but only my interviews were shown. He's like, these are saucy and tapes. And Sean uh, DLP steps in. Sean, were you excited when Braden left? And Braden goes, yeah, because he finally had a shot. Oh, nice, nice.
0: Then DLP throws to James to discuss why he was mad at Sean. James says the problem happened when Sean chose to when Sean chose a seat to make it easier to get first responder on the group date where he kind of wedged himself in between everybody. And Tanner says he wanted to punch Sean in the face for this transgression. And it's like, that's just play. That's gameplay, dudes. Sorry. Aaron S. then says it wasn't that he took her first. It was the the last thing they wanted to see was him skipping in and singing a song. He was walking into a hornet's desk. So he was kind of rubbing it in their faces. I agree a little bit here. It was bad second audience game on that group date. And Sean says we had the most incredible day in Oceanside. I thought everybody was still happy. Then PP starts to talk here. PP chimes in from the back row. And Caleb uh, does not have it. This is Caleb Ballgard in the cowboy hat. Hold up. Hold up. Who even are you? Then he kind of tries to launch this. It's a standard attack for any night one player. We see this literally in every tell all at this point. If you get kicked off on night one, it's why are you talking? We don't even know who the fuck you are. And then DLP says, Pete, You went home on night one and we barely got to know you, but there was drama when you went home. Now, what is about to unfold, I had no fucking idea about. Did you know about any of this? Literally none.
1: Me either. No. I was going to ask you. I was like, wait, what?
0: Didn't know about (laughs) any of this. This must have been some deep forum shit. If anybody knew about it, I don't know. Other than than these, it, it must be somewhere on the internet.
1: I don't know. I was like, this is wild that they are choosing to address this, which I did not even know about.
0: But Although wild, I fucking loved it because it lets us <laughs> into something that's actually interesting here. The The basic thing that gets uh, broken down here is that all the other guys um, had this cast Zoom call after the season wrapped, and they put this tag on their Instagram posts, FP, after whatever they posted, like, so fun to be on The Bachelor, hashtag Bachelor Nation, whatever, whatever, then down in the very bottom, like, space, space, FP. And so Braden, I guess, told Peter that this FP meant fuck Peter, and he didn't know why they would have done this, but it affected him. Xavier then jumps in to apologize, said they shouldn't have done that.
1: It was a bad play, Xavier. Says
0: says it was a bad play. And uh, when he said that, it made me think, you're right. In fact, it was my error, 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 error of the game." game. To have a play like this haunt not only one person, but basically all of the fucking guys and come from the ether of the parasocial world to be materialized in flesh in our beloved game at a mental all is just beyond insane that you would make such a bad fucking play. You would have to answer for it here and they all kind of have to answer for it. Um, the reason that I did enjoy this, although I, it was my air of the game. I like getting these little glimpses behind the scenes of how do these players interact with each other once the season is done. Yeah. There are group threads, group text threads with all of these players from every season. They break down into all kinds of different categories.
1: Yeah, it's about Instagram.
0: Well, yeah, that too. It's also an Instagram play. But then also, I became immediately curious, what do they have against this guy? They met him for like 10 minutes. And we get into it. They (laughs) fucking literally asked that question. This
1: was the really the only thing i saw that was bad play in this whole episode the group decision to do hashtag fuck peter was also (laughs) my error 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 of the game it's like literally like reminiscent of like childhood i feel like Fifth grade girls in my class did this kind of stuff.
0: Yes, I agree. It really paints them as very mature, but also th- they just have time on their hands. Like who came up with this idea? Will we ever know who is the mastermind behind the FP posts?
1: I don't know. We should we should make a spreadsheet. We need this. In the-
0: it seemed like it was Xavier to me. Xavier was the most apologetic <laughs> about it for sure. He was the one that was like kind of taking the lead on the, let me handle this guy's. On
1: the apologies. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like it was
0: probably him. And and with the gameplay that he turned in this season. Exactly. Look, I wouldn't
1: be surprised if it was Xavier. He's like,
0: dudes, I got two fucking, I got two things planned. I'm going to tell Charity that I cheated and then I'm going to tell her that I didn't do anything to try to fix it. And we're going to do this fuck Peter thing. It's going to be a blast.
1: PP says my family, my parents, my church group saw that. What did he do on on night one? Is it just this thing about the the endorsements?
0: Yeah, I guess. Well, they kind of say like you were playing to camera. John jumps in and is like, "You were playing to camera." You turned to a camera and then you were like, "Hey, who do you think's here for the wrong oh, reasons?"
1: This was a mini error for me, John. Why are you attacking?
0: Exactly. If, especially if you're in bachelor contention, you're above this petty shit, dude. You you mm-hmm. can't get down in the mud like this. But. uh bunch of people try to call him out for monetizing the experience. Xavier apologizes again. I thought it was an inside joke and it was wrong.
1: Merch is for TWR.
0: And then DOP gets to the bottom of it. Asked him if he ever made t-shirts. And he's like, of course not. (laughs) In my head, I'm like, what would he have made them about? He didn't have a catchphrase. He was in it for one night. What's the t-shirt? I was on The Bachelorette and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Like, that's about all he can do. You know what I mean? (laughs) PP. But now because of all of this, and this is also why it was kind of an error, this is the Streisand effect. Uh, You're familiar with this? Um, No. Someone took a picture of Barbara Streisand's home, which was on a cliff, I believe in Malibu. They were just out on a beach and they took a picture of this house and it happened to be her house. They posted it somewhere and she was like, fuck you. That's a picture of my house. Take it down. I'm suing you. And this person was like, Let's do it. Let's go to court. You can't fucking sue me for that. And so the the suing, the lawsuit that she applied against them became more famous and drew more attention to it than the picture ever would have. And that is exactly what happened here. They brought so much attention to this that he now can make a t-shirt. Yeah. If he wants to.
1: Get me to a hundred K. Yeah. I am I am the real PP.
0: I am the real peepee is probably the first one he he's gonna do. He's probably working on that right now. <laughs> so <laughs> DLP gets to the bottom of it, <coughs> no t-shirt, and then he teases Braden's <coughs> in the next hot seat. Portion three he begins. <laughs> back in the studio, we have the first hot seat. as Braden. We get a Braden recap reel, and then DLP asks him, "How does it feel to watch it back?" That's a very common first question from the Dark Lord. Upon watching your own reel, it's tough, he says. What bothered him was to see that they, he and Charity really did have a connection and seeing how patient she was with him. That was hard because this is, they both work in mental health and, uh, you know, that's what you need to do it. DLP asked him uh, what reservations, what his reservations were about in the show, why he couldn't get to that level. And he says it was the getting down on a knee. He couldn't do it. Once he realized that, he realized he shouldn't be there anymore. DLP asked him why he came back in Skamania, Washington. Again, the producers told him to, but he says, He didn't want to make it about him, but it wound up that way. John then gets a tap from DLP, and he says it hurt him because he was the only guy sticking up for Brayden the week before, and then he was the one who got stolen from, basically. And Brayden's like, if it means anything, I thought your conversation was amazing. I stood there and listened to the whole thing. (laughs) This guy's just fucking like, it's unbelievable how good he is. There's never a moment when he's on screen that you're not being fucking entertained at least in anticipation of what he's about to do. he's He is just such a fucking magnetic player, a brilliant player in terms of instinct, how to turn anything in his favor to, even if he's the bad guy in it, he's still the most entertaining guy in it, always.
1: I mean, he was <laughs> a huge part of this episode. He even made himself a huge part of the Gary bit, which we'll get to, but like unbelievable player.
0: Virtually every scene was his.
1: Uh, Brayden tries to frame it as he was apologizing to someone he hurt, not trying to hurt them. Uh, DLP asks about the van incident and Brayden says, I was going to beat them up. And he says, by the way, there was no driver in the van when Aaron B said hit the gas. He like takes the power out of that line.
0: And it's, it's a brilliant, there's a subtlety in that play that I think is, maybe deserves a little attention. Because when he says that, it's not only saying Aaron B. was basically acting. He knew there was no driver in the van. So he wasn't being real either. He's also saying uh, the producers put me in a van with no driver specifically for that fight to happen. That's also the deeper implication of this. Why wasn't there a fucking driver in the van? They just parked a van out there for him to go sit in?
1: I don't know. They're smoking. (laughs) Yeah,
0: sure. (laughs) Uh, that's how it works. It's like, we need you to just uh, drop him off here and we're just going to shoot for an amount of time. Go take a smoke break. We'll call you when we need to drive away. <laughs> the most important moment of the whole fucking episode. They're just like, do whatever you want. Go eat a sandwich.
1: Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist and you can find it at Skim's. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t shirt in Onyx, that's kind of a dark black color, and the cotton jersey long sleeve t shirt in Kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable.
0: Again, that's Skims.
1: Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. uh, We all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of... That beautiful mind clues. Yes, I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that.
0: Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash Game
1: Clues, it is springtime. It is the off-season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues who only wears one outfit.
0: I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing quince t-shirts, quince pants, quince long sleeve t-shirts, quince pants, quince sweaters, quince pants. I'm quinced. <laughs> Just call me quince. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love quince. Okay, quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with quince. Be a quince king yourself or quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I- nce.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses (laughs) um okay
1: well speaking of most important episode moments of the episode dlp then says well he asked him why people don't like him he says i think i kind of come off arrogant dlp says i like your style we cut to a guy wearing earrings in the audience. Yes. And then Brayden cringles clip earrings for DLP. And DLP puts them on. I mean, for- DLH would never.
0: Oh, of course not. Never. But Brayden, gifting, cringling DLP, a pair of his signature earrings was my... Play, 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 play of the game. This was Braden's night. In my opinion, he was more important than Gary Turner almost, not historically, but in terms of screen time and what he was able to do. Gary Turner had one thing to do, and he did it perfectly.
1: I think they can launch a beautiful dynamic duo.
0: Absolutely, I think Braden might have sealed some possibility of showing up in Gary Turner's season. We will see. Yes. They're shooting it right now and <sighs> uh it's possible. It's possible to get him in that if they want it.
1: Yes.
0: But uh I just thought he really dominated the night and this was such a beautiful play it's a signature of the thing he was potentially most known for at least visually mm-hmm. uh it's getting the host to mimic him visually to so the show essentially subconsciously becomes him for a moment he is touching everything you see on screen now everything is braden it's mm-hmm. so fucking genius and uh i just loved it
1: because it's the bachelor it's somewhat subversive because it's kind of like experimenting in like you know gender and presentation and uh, I just loved this so much. Yeah,
0: I did too. He really was was the star of this season for me, like hands down. I know that he didn't make it to hometowns. He didn't make it to playoffs, but this is the best player on the show by a mile.
1: We then see a gift from our Dark Lord. (laughs) A BIP preview that is just Braden and Kat Izzo.
0: By the way, Braden's reaction yes. to when DLP introduces this reel was my face play of the game. game. Because me thinks it reveals a little too much when Dark Lord says, and now we're going to show a clip from your time in paradise. Braden takes his hands and covers his entire face And then he pulls them down and does a classic look through parted fingers. Mm -hmm. It is an anti-face play, face play. It was my face play of the game because it also leads me to believe.
1: Oh, you mean this one? Did you take a picture of it too? (laughs) Yes, that one. I took a picture of it too. (laughs) That was my face
0: play. It leads me to believe by that reaction that he does some shit in paradise that's going to be real embarrassing for him. And I can't fucking wait.
1: Oh, can't wait! You think this is because he's the villain in Paradise too? Yeah, I think so, oh, no. and I can't wait. Oh, no, I but uh,
0: the clip itself, then we see the motherfucker is laying in a day bed at night with Kat, as though he's wearing a full ass fucking fedora in Paradise at night. <laughs> at night, he's not even on a day <laughs> date <laughs> where it's kind of sunny, and he needs to get some. You got it. You it's
1: got fucking got unreal. It. Fucking unreal. Who's gonna fucking he? is bringing it.
0: He is going to be the king of fucking paradise. There's no one who will outplay this man on sand. No one.
1: I hope he stays on the whole time.
0: God damn. I hope he stays on paradise for 10 years.
1: Yes. (laughs) He's the uh, messy Mitch.
0: God, you know what I want to see so bad?
1: <laughs> what
0: he's in my I've always seen a little bit of messy Mitch. In my opinion, he is a stronger player than messy Mitch. I want to say
1: if messy Mitch were experimenting with his uh, clothing, yes,
0: perhaps. Um, I want to see Braden and Wells Adams have a little conversation. I want to see how that goes because for everything Braden is, and I get paradise is a different game, and everybody there knows they're acting, but um. Braden's whole thing is people are faking this thing and I'm not. I'm fucking real. Will's Adams. I mean, what is that going to be like?
1: Show us the tape of his uh,
0: the pep talk that Will's Adams gives to Braden.
1: His famous unaired pep talks that he gives out.
0: Don't be fucking boring. Don't be fucking boring or they're going to cut you out of the show. Um, okay.
1: It's just him handing out fedoras to everyone now. They're yeah, exactly. Like, we're just trying anything. <laughs>
0: So we see this clip and it's Brayden in this day bed at night wearing his fedora. By the way, he's also covered in glitter. I don't know if that was his own choice. I think it was because she's not.
1: I didn't notice the glitter. She does
0: not have glitter on her. He has it fucking head to toe all over his face, chest, arms everywhere. So I think he's he's walking around in a fedora covered in glitter.
1: You don't think that was a date type?
0: (laughs) No, I think that's just what like how he's fucking rolling.
1: I hope. Yeah, I hope that's how he entered sand. (laughs) Covered in glitter.
0: I hope that that's his thing. I hope every scene we see him in, he's fucking covered in glitter. Like, fucking covered in it. By the end of it, you can't even see his skin. He's just, like, (laughs) dipping himself in glue and rolling. They do a human churro of him in golden glitter and glue.
1: That's what I mean. It seems like it's the result of a of a glitter churro situation.
0: Could be. Could be. But fuck, I can't wait. I mean,
1: I I, I have to rewind, obviously, now. But he's also getting a romantic storyline.
0: Yes. This is... <laughs> yes.
1: That was a guttural scream.
0: It's just so fucking perfect. We've never seen a, a thing like this. We've never seen a thing where they take one player a single player and they say, we're going to show you a whole fucking clip of just this player. The person he's with in that day bed isn't even on that fucking stage. It's from a different season. It could have been him and a guy from the season about to get into a fight or whatever. Instead, they show us exactly what we love about Braden. He is fucking wearing a goddamn hat at night and covered head, and glitter. And he's wearing those fucking earrings. (laughs) He's a
1: vampire.
0: Yes. He's, he's, Visually, you're just like, what is fucking going on here? But then we see that he's making out with Kat Izu, who is a high-level fucking player from the prior season. So we also know he is sincere and a serious contender. Maybe they wind up together. We're watching it for that, too.
1: We're going to watch his love story.
0: Yes. He's not a fool, despite the fact that visually he is... not
1: flaming out. It's not going to be a Victoria situation. Yes,
0: exactly. So now we have a genuine interest... How the fuck do they start making out? What happened that day? I have to see that conversation. What do other guys think when he walks in in a fucking fedora covered in glitter? I need to see that. They have perfectly advertised for Paradise, in my opinion. Anybody who watched tonight is watching fucking Paradise. I think they got us all, pal.
1: God. Incredible. I loved this. And honestly, it reminded me of the first Paradise invite that we saw in Bachelor. Uh, Salter? Yeah, Ashley Salter, on after Chris souls's season, was asked like, "Oh, you're really, really unique. Uh, can you go <laughs> on Bachelor in Paradise?" And, but I don't. They didn't show a reel of her or anything like that. But this kind of felt like that type of moment. Yeah, and like you and I both wanted to see more of him this season because he was such a like vibrant character, and and now we're gonna get it.
0: But and this is also just like it's. It's like what you should be doing, I feel like, in Paradise. Or, or how you should be marketing it, you know? Show us a little thing that happens in an episode. The promos and shit are fine. And I think you have to do the promos when you don't. Like, let's just be real.
1: I guess. I don't like seeing everything that happens.
0: I agree. But in reality, I believe you're going to see a Braden Bowers once every 20 years. I don't think you're going to have him every season to hang all this shit on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So next season, they're going to have to, unless he's back again, maybe you get three seasons tops out of him in Paradise. Then who the fuck are you going to hang that show's promotion on? I don't think you'll have somebody like him again. I can hope. I can hope though. Producers, if you're listening, you got to get a Braden Bowers every season of The Bachelorette. Whatever that looks like, just somebody who's very interesting and a possible match, like somebody who could maybe win the game. We have to believe that about our villain now. As long as you can do that, it's fucking great. That's what made him so fucking good, in my opinion. And his his unique play style, his visual play style is just like never seen that before, literally ever.
1: It's kind of like this generation's D babies. Yes, mustache play.
0: I agree. Fuck.
1: Well, after this thrilling, <laughs> uh, real. Oh, and by the way, Kat Izzo says that he's a great kisser. Uh in this reel so we're already getting a reverse colton underwood where they all shit on how he kissed and dlp says (laughs) i'd say paradise is more your dojo another barbie ref
0: yes they're giving barbie free money here i found that very interesting like they they did i don't think they were paid by barbie there was no big barbie like promotion in this
1: what do you mean yes they were
0: no, they were paid by Barbie for that group date for sure. But I'm saying I don't think they paid for him to be saying Dojo and Canuff. here. Oh, no, no. I think that's just free, little free song and dance that he was doing for him.
1: Yeah, he's working. He's always working.
0: Uh, But anyway, massive fucking cheers to this. And then DLP teases Xavier's, the next hot seat portion for. We get Xavier's recap reel, and then we come out of it. What are you feeling watching that back? That's oh, tough to watch back. This is always how it goes. It's always... How did that feel watching that back? Not good. Every time, nobody's ever like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. Can we see it again? (laughs) Uh, Xavier gets in and he says he was... um, It's hard to watch because it brings up the past about being honest with her, but it it didn't happen like he planned and he stuck his foot in his mouth and he made a mistake instead of making her feel like she was the only woman for him. And DLP says, you told her you loved her in the auto zone. Why'd you wait all the way to the fucking auto zone, dude? You know, that was a big time error. And he's like, well, uh, what made me stick my foot in my mouth is that one of my biggest fears is for love to not be reciprocated. And at that hometown, he told her he was falling in love with her, didn't hear it back. He expected her to say it back. And so the fear took hold of him. And uh, he says that he melted. DLP asked him what life's been like since that night. He says he was in love with her. And it's difficult to move on. He thinks about their time together literally every day. He got a therapist to do work on himself, so he at least fucking... Uh, listen to our podcast, maybe I don't know <laughs>
1: Xavier getting a therapist to do work on himself, or and say this on the mental all was my play 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 of the game. You know we we. Said that that could have been a a good choice to uh, go along with the PTC about how, you know, you've grown from that situation. Uh, I loved that he did it here. I thought, you know, he did have really strong play this episode in terms of like he's coming off of this like kind of like villain edit uh, situation. And I feel like he, you know, he's seems very like level-headed in this and like kind of kind of took kind of earned it back and I and I thought that this was a big part of it
0: definitely his uh, goal what he came into tonight needing to do was basically apologize to the fourth audience mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. you can trust me I'm on paradise in a couple of weeks so everybody <laughs> chill out and don't be mad at me was basically what he was trying to do and I, I agree with you I think that he did it pretty well.
1: And I want charity to be happy and thrive. We get charity as the next hot seat. And she goes, Hey boys, which I thought was just a fantastic opener. Um, they discuss Neobaya coming back, which was a little odd because it's like, it wasn't it great he was there for you. It's like she didn't know he was there to being the bartender, but yeah.
0: And also, he's not there for her in that moment. I thought I found it weird that they didn't put him in the audience at least to like wave to cut to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They talk about giving Brayden the Fimp because of his charismatic chemistry. And Charity says, you know, it was an honor meeting you. I didn't like how you talked about our relationship, about turning off being the bachelorette. I never put it on for anyone. And I probably had more grace than I should have with you. And he's like, that's valid. Uh, You know, it was the environment. It's hard to not answer questions after we have that spark. And then we get a very interesting play.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Loved it.
1: A play that has rarely happened in our beloved game. But we did discuss in How to Win the Bachelor. Sean invites himself up on to a hot seat. And he just takes the moment to thank charity for being the bachelorette with Grace in class. You made us all better men. And DLP says, Did you invite yourself? You've broken the bachelor hot seat code. Perhaps he has not read how to win the bachelor, because <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I mean, we recommend do this every time. If if you have the opportunity, and this is generally where the opportunity to do this is created, the lead will be on the hot seat by themselves, and they will do a shotgun smattering of questions to the players in their chairs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you're selected for that, you can do exactly what Sean did here. And it shows, uh, it shows a lot of fucking guts. It shows that you want it. So had this been an audition for Paradise, which it, it wasn't because they had already shot it, obviously... Uh, he would have been going. I'm pretty sure he went anyway because of what he was able to turn in during the regular season.
1: He would go anyway, but it's also like they're going to put it in the edit because he's on Paradise and they want to highlight those players. So it's it's a great, great move. Tanner calls it one of the best experiences of his life. John B says, what happened with us? Sherry says, nothing. You're awesome. DLP brings up Xavier, and Charity says, you know, this should have been told before, like after Nola, and he never saw himself on one knee, and we get this heartbreak reunion hot seat between Xavier and Charity, and then a reel of their romance, and Xavier denounces cheating. Yeah,
0: he's like, first of all, (laughs) I denounce cheating. (laughs) 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 I mean, that was spoken like somebody who really thought about what's the first thing I'm going to say when I sit in that chair. Yeah, I got to get
1: one thing done, and that's what this is.
0: So, it's like, okay, now you've got my attention. Oh, fuck. I found that very funny, but uh, obviously a necessary play. And yeah, they go through this. I denounce cheating. And he says, I wanted to be with you, and I was ready to be with you in my heart, but I had doubt in my head. I can be faithful. It just didn't come out the right way. And Charity's like, we were a week out from proposals. She's keeping the fucking gas on here. And she's like, I wish the conversation would have happened earlier. If they would have had the conversation earlier, then I wouldn't have taken you to the fucking fantasy suites, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, again, reveals that he was playing a game. He also said it was a bad play earlier.
1: He held it.
0: Xavier is analyzing this shit from a very player-minded um, perspective, I feel, at, at this point. But they go through this whole conversation. She's like, if you have some, if you have love for somebody, you won't do that to somebody plain and simple. She admonishes him for the AutoZone Love Level 4 here. And she says, you were digging yourself deeper and deeper. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And he says he just wanted to give him a chance because he really loved her. He keeps hitting that. Charity says she asked him what reassurance he needed. She specifically asked... If her not love level four-ing him was the problem, and he said no. Mm-hmm. So all the basically his his entire foundation of his argument here is just cut out from under him. And uh she uses the sacred word defense. I don't take the words lightly. She brings up his inability to confirm that he wouldn't cheat on her. And Xavier says, When you're getting married, there's a fear of commitment and marrying the wrong person. I allowed it to consume me instead of honing in on what was beautiful with her. He still cries about the conversation, so he's. Uh, playing here some imaginary or phantom tear play uh, Mm. just trying to get us to imagine him crying now he wished that his answers would have reflected
1: yeah it would have been good to reproduce those tears here
0: oh you have to you can't simply say oh yeah i've I've been crying about it that's not the same as us seeing the tear on the face seeing the face twisted into a, a mask of pain emotional suffering
1: give yeah give us a charity tear play I honestly think that one of that shot of her with just the glass, completely glass face, is like one of the most iconic images from the season.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, he's saying this shit. He's trying to play Phantom Tear Play to a Tear Play fucking Mozart. It's not going to work, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says he still has feelings, but it's good to have closure. Uh, it really messed me up. One more thing. He cringles this knit rose. This was a cute bury the hatchet moment.
0: I wrote down this rose looks busted. Was, am I crazy? <laughs> it it just looked weird to me.
1: I mean, a knit rose is never gonna.
0: We never got a close up of it.
1: You think because it was bad?
0: Yeah, I think they purposely were like, "Ooh."
1: Well, do you also think that he actually knit this?
0: Yeah, I do think he did that. Hmm. We saw him knitting. That was his whole deal. Yeah. He did the knitting with the on the hometown date. Remember, took her to the special place.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you think I don't remember the knitting hometown? Of course.
0: I'm just now. You got me in conspiracy town. Did he not make that rose? I have to know this.
1: Well, I don't know. I'm wondering. He should make a parasocial play of him making it.
0: Yes, Xavier. This is the only way you can get out of. uh, This is the only true apology to the nation. You have to show us a picture of the rose.
1: Show us how to knit a rose.
0: Show us your tutorial.
1: Um, No, he does. He plays this this very well. I thought he says I'm. You know, I'm hopeful you found your forever person. And we see a Barbie ad. I mean, was this not an ad that they made for Barbie? Was it? I don't know. It was them like focusing on the Ken outfits. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is just free advertising. And that's like something that Barbie's really been able to do a lot of.
0: I agree. I think it probably was because that was like a, you know, one of the most memorable things from the season. Uh, I also thought it was interesting here that it's almost like a new presentation of the blooper reel. DLP's introducing these chunks of it, like segments of the blooper reel. So it's a... Uh,
1: mini bloopers, yeah. We've seen that a few times before where it's split up.
0: Oh, I, I don't remember that.
1: Yeah. We see there. It's John B. doesn't have balls. They're manscaping... <laughs> Braden with a manscaper. Aaron says he has a full kitten on the back. Hell. We see... Oh, this one made me laugh, actually. All the guys kept hitting the chandeliers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that one I thought was funny, too. Other than that, we see Sean crushing a plant. There's a set falling apart. A bunch of guys are hitting the head on the light fixture.
1: Tanner has a makeup that's interrupted by Dark Lord Palmer dressed as Bigfoot. Their Libra of Love moment.
0: And he DLP by the way intros that. Um, after this, he says, "Speaking of creatures," he says that phrase, <sighs> coming off of himself in the Bigfoot outfit. He says, "Speaking of creatures, huh?" We got Captain Tom, who was the boat pilot that <laughs> took Tanner and Sean on their two-in-one. So, I guess he's trying to talk about the alligators, but it does kind of come off like he's calling uh, Captain Tom a creature. And
1: oh, Captain. I thought you were talking about Bigfoot.
0: Yeah, he comes off the Bigfoot thing. They play that clip of Bigfoot, and then he goes, it comes back to him, and he goes, and speaking of creatures.
1: Oh, God. Not a good segue, but Captain Tom being in the audience. Yeah. I love this.
0: Captain Tom was my. Poor hey, poor hey, poor hey, poor hey. Moreno, bystander of the week. And season.
1: And season.
0: <laughs> they fucking brought a bystander to the men tell all, and it don't end there. They gave the man lines. DLP asked him what it was like taking them all on the date. He calls Charity chastity like five fucking times. Is that a bit? Or is this guy really just like, what the fuck is going on?
1: I don't know. I <laughs> could not tell. I couldn't either. <laughs> oh, fuck. So
0: he doesn't know um, uh, what her name is, but she's a beautiful young lady and whoever she picks is a lucky man. And DLP says, who would you have given the rose to? Uh, Sean or Tanner? Tom has a fucking rose and he gives it to Sean who hugs him. Now, This is an official zero-point rose. I don't know what Sean's rose quotient is this season, but this fucking guy got a zero-pointer at the Mentel All from a fucking bystander that was in his two-on-one.
1: This is not a point rose.
0: It's a zero-point rose.
1: Do you give Charity a a rose for the knit rose?
0: No, because the show didn't give her that rose. The show gave Sean that rose.
1: You're saying because this is the show.
0: Yes, it's an official bachelor rose. It was given in an official bachelor fucking game.
1: I feel like it's given as a joke.
0: Okay. Does he get to keep it? Put it in a scrapbook. Put it in a frame next to his football jersey, <laughs> next to his <a> samurai sword.
1: <laughs> next to his samurai sword in his dojo. <laughs> yeah, this
0: is an official rose. Hundred percent official rose.
1: I hundred <sighs> percent. Look, we'll ha- we'll let the pit decide. I don't know about this one.
0: Okay, pick pick, pick and decide it. I'm saying it's a zero-point rose. I think it's an official rose. We saw it given on screen. Hmm. He accepted it, and it is out of a rose ceremony. Mentel also part of the game.
1: It certainly is out of a rose ceremony.
0: Mental is part of the game. I. <laughs> this is... It's like a fimp. Only one guy got it.
1: It was a hypothetical rose. It was who would you have? I saw it! It was real! And he chose! He, but they said it's hypothetical. Okay. And then
0: they made him give it to him. They did, look, they could have done that bit. They could have been like, Captain Tom, hypothetically, who would you have chosen? He could have just said a name and then they have a funny conversation. They went out of their way to give this man a fucking literal rose that he gave to the fucking guy who accepted it.
1: hmm Yeah, but I feel like that's like, Kiss it like an when that audience member who was like paid to kiss mm-hmm. the cat man. Yeah, you that kiss doesn't go in the kiss, kiss count.
0: What does it? Fuck yeah, I thought it did. If you kiss in the record, that's a kiss.
1: <laughs> Maybe it did.
0: I don't know. Anyway, whatever the case, Pitt can decide is this truly a zero pointer or not. I don't know, and I don't know how we're going to decide this. Will there be a poll? What are we
1: doing? I say this is a bit. <laughs> I, we're going to have to do a poll. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: but whether it's a bit or not, I'm saying, like, it's all a bit.
1: He's in full camo, too, which I, I love.
0: How many fucking roses have they scripted into the game? Yeah, his fucking shirt. He just came from fucking Cabela's. He's going He's going fishing immediately yeah. after this thing gets them taping. <laughs> he definitely
1: went to Cabela's. Yeah. <laughs> It's so fucking good. He only shots at Cabela's.
0: Um, Anyway, I loved it. He was my Jorge Moreno. Fucking loved it.
1: Also, DLP then says, thank you, young pop. Yeah. Which isn't that what Captain Tom called someone in the boat? Yes. That attention to detail. This was like, I don't know. I... I wrote here, I was like, this feels like completely different producing. It feels lighthearted. Yes.
0: Lighthearted, but hearted as well. Um, the scene is like, you know, we're saying this is funny. It's a bit. They bring this guy back. Then what they fucking do in the very next segment is say, here, you've, we've had our fun and this is all lighthearted. And even the villain, we like him. He's saying funny stuff. Everything is on the up and up here. There's no uh shroud over this season of like a dude in blackface in his high school yearbook, at least so far. Cross my fingers. We're almost out of it. We can do this.
1: We're almost out of we it. We can do it. I think. I mean, we didn't know about FPP.
0: No, that's true. That was a dark moment, but it wasn't as dark as as things in the past. Even the darkest moment so far of this season is is not quite as dark. Oh yes. But yeah, then we have this next fucking segment.
1: tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare if you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor viewing parties i'm gonna let you in on a little secret i found the personalized The most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you, And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious. And I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends.
0: Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing.
1: What's in the box?
0: On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with first leaf go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box that's t-r-y-f-i-r-s-t-l-e-a-f.com slash roses tryfirstleaf.com slash roses sweaters candles the dreaded bathrobe unfortunately mother's day gifts can be a little predictable and boring that's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooly and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. Says it's charity still in the hot seat, and DOP says you've been an amazing bachelor bachelorette. I have some friends who know something about what you've been going through. And he brings out Trista Rain Sutter, Desiree, Hartsock, Siegfried, and Deanna Papas. These are your bachelorettes one, nine, and four. All incredibly important in their own ways. Uh obviously, Trista Sutter is the foundation. I would argue Trista Sutter is more important than alex michelle
1: she's the matriarch
0: she is not only the matriarch; she's the first person to have a successful relationship from the bachelor she is married to her ring winner they have children who she tells us are 20 fucking years old at this point or they're uh the children are 16 and they've been married for 20 years
1: almost playing age
0: they were married on tv in a very big famous fucking thing it's this is like um This is like Babe Ruth in baseball or something. I don't even know. It's bigger than that because she is also like a part of the fucking game.
1: She hosts a fog.
0: It's it's bigger than that. So she's there. The foundation of this entire show is there sitting next to the current bachelor giving her praise saying that she's proud of her, saying, I am the matriarch of this entire franchise. I cast my blessing upon you. And that's not all, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen.
1: And we're all here for you. Yeah.
0: Deanna Pappas. Save her for last. She's the most interesting one to me. Desiree Hartsock. Yes. Siegfried. Ninth Bachelorette. She came from Sean Lowe, Goldini's season 17. He married his ring winner. She married her ring winner. That was a perfect year.
1: She has children with her ring winner.
0: Yes. And, uh, fantastically beloved by bachelor nation.
1: She has a book with her ring winner. (sighs) I felt so good when they came out. So did I like other than, you know, obviously the DLP sign. This was my other highlight. Um, we, I mean, just two people being with their ring winners, just that, like, I mean, we haven't really gotten that in a minute. Um, and then Diana Papas, oh my God, incredible! Yeah, she's having a renaissance right now. I would say it is the era of Diana, and she takes this moment and utilizes it to the best of her ability.
0: But even the choice to have Diana Pappas be the third member of what is a Council of Crowns here by the producers speaks volumes. It's not just about getting married and having kids. She is also a queen. She is also royalty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's recently divorced. Uh did not marry a ring winner. Nothing like that. She married the a guy who was the brother of somebody in the show, right?
1: Yeah. Her cousin. Yeah. Brothers. Twin brothers maybe. Uh the twin was on Bachelor Pad. Yes. Dagliano. Yes. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. This is legacy. And we give a reminder of why they're queens, as DLP says. We see Deanna. We see Desiree and Chris. We see their final rose ceremony. I want to grow old with you. We see Trista's wedding. Trista's standing a at her wedding. We And then we see them today discuss Trista as a 16-year-old to think about this is where we are now.
0: This... Maybe for one second, speak about this little montage. Mm -hmm. It gave me fucking chills. Because for somebody who is a fan of this show, you're not just watching these people go through these things. You're watching these pillar fucking moments in history of this game that all of it is built on. And you get to remember it exactly as it was. Like, we all remember those moments, but seeing them again, even just seeing like Trista's wedding in four by three aspect ratio it really is like, oh, fuck, this thing has been around for a long goddamn time. It puts weight behind everything you're seeing. Everything Charity is doing is built on these things, all of these crazy moments that have happened. I just thought it was so fucking smart, so brilliantly done. And it really, it, it gave it that, uh, the gravitas that I know I feel when I think about all this shit, like what this show has really meant over the course of 20 years in terms of Reality television, American pop culture, just everything. Everything that it plugs into.
1: It's meant a lot to a lot of people. and For sure. It means a lot to the people who are watching this show. And I totally agree with you. The choice of Deanna makes it like this is someone that we can relate to. Hey, is she in the contention for being a crown again?
0: And I got to say this. Don't stop with Deanna Pappas. You got to do this at every tell-all. You got to have this same Council of Crowns at every tell-all to come back and uh, give advice or say good job or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. And don't stop with Deanna Pappas. You got to spread it to everybody.
1: Bring in Gingin.
0: Bring them all back into the fold. Yes, Gingin first. You get Gingin out there, we got a different show. Um, You have to bring them all back into the fold. Even the ones you didn't like for a minute or two or still may Mm -hmm. not like. Find a way to get them all back into the fold.
1: Check in with it. Yeah.
0: They are all valuable. They are all pieces of this franchise that we have watched at least a full season of. Even Juan Pablo. I know everybody fucking hates him and he was the first villain bachelor and all the shit. Get him fucking back in. Talk to him about that shit. Bring him back. Even just for a little thing. Like to to celebrate the legacy of the show means that you have to fucking kind of embrace all of it. Um. And, and not have these attitudes about like who is in quotes bachelor royalty or not. They fucking all are period.
1: We see charity also acknowledge Trista too. I wouldn't be here without you. I, I just, it's so, uh, so nice. And we then see one of my favorite moments. Deanna uh, goes last and she goes, where do I begin? I'm in a transitional phase And I'm finding myself, again, truly resilient, single. And she sticks her tongue out. And she makes my... Face play of the game. She then says, call me for Golden Bachelorette. I thought it was really a way to shine in this moment. I can't wait to see what she is doing next. I think keep bringing them back.
0: I agree. hundred percent.
1: And bring charity back. And don't cross her. (laughs) (laughs) We see uh, them give advice and they say forgiveness and prioritize the relationship. So because there's a lot of pressure and unwanted opinions and... Deanna says, remember who you are at your core. People will try to break you down. You're amazing. You're all of those things. And they tell her she's doing incredible. Trista feels maternal towards everyone on the show. Trista really emphasizes the, like, we're family. She even says that at one point. Yeah. And they all love charity. And she says, I didn't know I was going to church today. I guess this, do you know what this means?
0: Mm-mm. I assumed it was like a spiritual experience.
1: Yeah, like getting a bunch of greetings. Uh, DLP says it's really empowering. And then we see where we love charity. And now we're going to talk to our golden bachelor. We see Gary, you're so golden in the, as a sign.
0: This... Um by the way, the Council of Crowns here was for me the highlight of the night. I thought this was like mm-hmm. just perfectly done. Uh, I It's really something that I think should be added to every tell-all.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it's not like a 20th anniversary special. I agree. They need it. It doesn't always have to be Trista, but like...
0: No, nor should it be. That's what I'm saying with Juan Pablo and shit. Like... Throw him in once, you know what I mean? In a group of three people, just like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who they are.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have to be like ring winners. Yeah, I agree.
0: Get one from uh classic era, one from experimental era, one from Mesnian era, and maybe one from professional era. You can leave out the bubble seasons.
1: (laughs) Just kidding, I'm kidding.
0: Of course, (laughs) everyone is welcome, all are welcome, all are royalty.
1: We see this Gary Reel for Golden Bachelor. We get his PTC, his death of his wife. He produces tears. They, he talks about this dream house they closed on when before she got sick of a bacterial infection. Horrible, horrible story.
0: He's playing tears all through this. I got to say. Yeah. Uh, this whole th- I, I don't cry when I watch TV. This shit choked me up a little bit. This motherfucker's gonna be a star, ladies and gentlemen. He's very good at what he is doing here. I mean, an innate player for sure. And he even then they cut to this fucking bar uh, bar and uh he's in this bar telling people, Well, I passed the STD test and the drug test. He's got fucking comedy. This guy's got it all, he's a complete package, it's unfucking real.
1: He's he is unfucking real the the part i cried at is a little bit later where he's giving advice but he just does seem so genuine we see he's you know him with his family he leads a toast to find someone to complete the family and we see him with his little white dog and gary's dog was my ah! <laughs> Creature of the week. Seems like he was supporting him, yeah. and you know, just needs that one extra part of the family.
0: Gary's dog was also my <laughs> creature of the week. Didn't have a lot to choose from, but this was a very cute creature, and um. I also loved seeing him practicing the rose ceremony with his daughters and granddaughters.
1: <laughs> yes, it was so sweet.
0: Oh, uh, I just can't wait for this fucking show. Then we come back in the studio and Gop says, isn't he great? And he brings him out.
1: We see Braden tears and Braden leads a Gary chant. Yeah. When he comes in at a standing ovation.
0: Yep. And then... He has this conversation with DLP where DLP is like, how are you feeling? And he says, I feel like I'm the last ingredient going into a smoothie and you've got your finger on the button to start the blender. (laughs) This man is full of gems immediately. Uh They really have found gold. If I may say (laughs) in this golden bachelor DLP asks him what it's like to become famous essentially. And he says he was amazed when he uh, had radio and TV announcers showing up on his driveway he goes, it's hard to find where I live. And I live there. Yeah. This guy's never going to stop. These jokes are going to be non... I can't fucking wait. God, this is going to be good.
1: They tell him he's trending. He says, if I knew what that mean, I'd appreciate it. It's a really good thing, Gary, he says to him. And they... <laughs> he's so wholesome in it. They then show all of these social media posts about him. And... Gary can get it. He's like, what does get it mean? Granddaddy.
0: God, I wrote under this. <laughs> his name, was Clayton, his oh name was Clayton Eckerd. His name was Clayton Eckerd. His name was Clayton Eckerd.
1: I stand with Clayton Eckerd. <laughs> I, we all are Clayton Eckerd.
0: God, I know. it's. Yeah, I know. I'm not casting any fucking dispersion against this season this season is great this moment was great it's just very hard for me to forget Clayton Eckard and this exact same scene that took place when they announced him as Bachelor only the tweets were different
1: they could have done this version for him
0: of course things are different now and that's good but we must take a moment to remember
1: there are thirsty people tweeting about all of these people absolutely DLP asked will there be fantasy tweets Gary says I would say yes but maybe like a different, different, uh, and he's watching Charity sees it. DLP says, oh, you're doing your homework. And Gary aspires to be like them regarding charity's been A bunch of cool guys. And then Brayden steps in. You've done it. You've had that relationship. Trust your gut. That photo brought tears to my eyes. He calls back his own tears.
0: Unreal. With Gary. He's so good. He's creating
1: this dynamic duo.
0: He's so fucking good.
1: It's so smart. And it's like on the fly that you're even doing that. You don't know Gary's going to be there.
0: Yeah. Then Aaron S. tries to come in. We couldn't possibly give you advice. We aspire to be like you. Too late. Brayden already stole this spot. He was the first responder and he's better than you. You got. There's no way you're going to outshine what Brayden just did. DLP says it's an interesting opportunity for him too. Uh, You had 43 years of beautiful love. I'm married relatively newly. Do you have any advice for a long-lasting marriage? And he goes, one thing, look at your spouse every day and tell them you love them because the day comes too soon for one of you that you can't do that. And I'd give anything to be able to do that one more time. Give him a hug. Tell him you love him.
1: This is where I cried. Jesus Christ. This is where I cried.
0: It. This is unreal.
1: This is un-fucking-real. This is unreal for my schedule because <laughs> now I have to watch it.
0: Oh, Yeah, he sold the shit out of this show.
1: I literally cried. Yeah.
0: You know how like when they sometimes do the thing where it's like you get to meet the first five players live right here.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: No, this is what you do. No, this is what you fucking do. You almost want to have your lead play their fucking PTC live at one of these things.
1: Yeah, pitch everyone
0: it like that's how you sell it because i gotta say this guy fucking sold this show i'm telling you anybody who watched tonight is gonna fucking watch paradise and golden bachelor they sold the fuck out of both of those shows tonight uh god damn such a great job and they really have a, a super talent i think in gary um yeah dlp then asked him can you find love like that twice in a lifetime and he's like no and that's not what I'm looking for. At the age of 70, it's different. I had it when I was in my 20s and 30s. That's how I felt.
1: He's media trained.
0: He's unreal. He's like, I'm going to find a new person to make me whole, but it's not going to be the same relationship I had with Tony. Standing fucking ovation. DLP says, Gary's journey to find love begins this September. Uh, uh, it's unreal. They're, the way they have built this, the fighting, there was no frivolous fighting in it. They didn't have to drum up some drama that wasn't real. Those guys didn't like Braden, and they got them to fight with him. And he's so fucking good on camera.
1: And they said, fuck pee-pee.
0: and the fuck pee-pee thing. <laughs> like it was all pretty interesting. Then we're getting these good hot seats where we get to see Xavier do what he's going to do. We get to see Braden, and then we get the council okay. of the crowns and now we got golden bachelor. It's like,
1: and the Braden in paradise and just all, oh, but here's my, here's my problem. Mark your calendars for this September, says DLP. Yeah. Give us the dates. It's August.
0: I know. I know.
1: Dark Lord Bomber. (laughs) Come on.
0: Well, look, they did a great job of selling both shows. I think even they're probably going to be overlapping each other, even though that's happening. I think a lot of people will watch both. But we get this final portion here. Uh, Next week, Charity's Journey comes to a conclusion. Here's how, how's it going to end, and we get this promo more emotional and heartbreaking than you could even imagine. Charity's in love; she's getting engaged, but doesn't know who it's going to be to Aaron. Kisses Charity. That was surprising to me. Charity is glad he didn't give up on it. Surprising to me.
1: I know. <laughs> Post mortem kiss.
0: There's new pressure. Uh, she's reconsidering everything. Joey's love level of affording. Dawton's wanting her as his wife. She's in love with three guys. She's not okay. Charity's mom comments on her tear play uh tells her she's gonna have to come down to one person and daunting tears joey's nervous Aaron feels good charity needs help mom tells her that she thinks charity knows deep down she has to make this decision charity tears panic attack not supposed to say goodbye to somebody you love next monday three hour live finale i cannot fucking wait for this (laughs) thanks to everyone and then the guys come on stage hugs and handshakes are all around in the tag gary is standing there meeting most of the players they're all wishing him luck
1: I love this. I was like, this is what we want to see.
0: And and then Brayden just fucking eats this up too. Don't read the comments. Ha ha ha. Gary's like, I really like watching you on the show. And Brayden tells him, you have a bunch of women who want to meet you. Let that hype you up. You're the most wanted man in America in a good way. Brayden delivers the final commercial for Golden Bachelor in this program.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything Brayden did in this episode made him my...
1: M, 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 M,
0: M, V, P. Never seen anything quite like it. This is a guy who wasn't uh, even in the playoffs, dominated the season, in my opinion, and continue to do so at the mental. Seeing him on stage playing against these other players really put into perspective for me how much better he is than all of them and what a great fucking player he has been uh, in his rookie season and I am so looking forward to Paradise because of this.
1: Brayden was also my M M M M V P. I mean, no contest. This entire episode was about him. We got the reel of him. He's going to get, you know, the Crystal Nielsen, the villain spin edit into romance in paradise. That's what I want.
0: Yeah. He really has that ability to kind of go into Aaron Clancy territory, like turning a phrase, being really funny and entertaining. But he also...
1: Oh my God. I want to see him in Clancy.
0: Please, if... I think Clancy has a girlfriend or something, though. I don't think he's ever going to come back. Damn it. I don't think he'll ever be back, but Bonsall might. Um, I can see him and Bonsall. Bonsall just teams up with him again. He's like, oh, I was kind of the sidekick to this other guy who's a little bit like you. Uh.
1: I kind of like, <laughs> the I don't really want to be doing the whole thing. You know, I kind of, I like to have fewer speaking lines.
0: <laughs> yeah. But this was a fantastic tell-all Um I I just am blown away. I Again, thanks to whoever put that sign in the show. Thanks to whoever held it aloft. I still can't believe that we had DLP on a sign with a demonic meme in the fucking audience. I'm hopeful that we will be uh, hosting a group date at some point in the near future Mm -hmm. where we teach them how to podcast or something, you know? It's like the lead comes in and we teach the the players how to interview the lead on a podcast.
1: Yes. That is our ideal date.
0: It does feel like the show is embracing the podcast community a little bit more. We'd be happy to be uh, any part of it.
1: I mean, we're going to. We're going to host a group date. I now believe that after seeing this sign.
0: I know. I, I feel like it's it's not a 0% chance. I'll say that much. Um but thank you everybody for joining us tonight. This truly was a pleasure to watch. I just feel like tonight really crystallized for me. The fucking people making the show care about the show again. They like the yes. show again. That is what it felt like. And I know I've been like kind of cautiously optimistic this whole season with charity. I'm like, fuck, that's a good episode. Shit. That's a good episode. Okay. Braden's out. Is it going to hold up? Oh shit. It held up. I, I, I have I have been, like, hesitant, I guess, to say my Love Level 4 to this season, but I'm doing it now. Mm. After tonight, I can confidently say, Bachelorette Season 20, I'm in love with you.
1: <laughs> wow, I yes. was not expecting a Love Level 4 <laughs> in the auto zone like this. <laughs> <laughs> Really towards the end of the day. <laughs>
0: it's kind of the auto zone. We we have one episode. No, I played it exactly perfectly. It's right before finals. This is when you play it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I agree with you. There there's a reason we keep doing the podcast before the podcast, and that is because we are so excited by this season. I loved this Mantel All. I Me hope too. that the I hope that the tone continues not just for the 20th reunion episode. I want to see yeah. that like attention to detail and like energy and effort that you can like feel is really put into this totally. um, to elevate it. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I can't believe Opto 2023 worked.
0: Seemingly it has. Um, but we will be back on Friday with another This Week in Bachelor Nation. Grace Ann Parks, Dark Seeker is going to have grafting for you this week as well. And uh, before we go, as always, what is that dwab bat?
1: It's been 7,813 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer.
0: Please rate
1: this podcast. Please review this podcast.